Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had taken his bodybuilding as far as he could. After winning a record seventh Mr. Olympia title, he retired. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. As a child, her ambition was to become a dancer. As good fortune would have it, she became a princess instead. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. This <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press a button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. time. I don't know. I don't even know if we, I, I could get through this podcast or not. Why? What's guess wrong? you kind of noticed I'm kind of down. Yeah, what are you upset Well, about? I'm not even down. I'm just perplexed and I'm upset. Scott, what's on your mind? Well, I don't know why I should burden you with my problems, but... Well, go I got ahead. Wor- I got word from the uh, waste management people that they're changing our pickup day from <laughs> Monday to Friday. And they just did it just like that. They didn't ask my permission or anything. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was just getting used to the to the Monday pickup thing. Yeah. And, and then now they've switched it up. and It throws your whole schedule oh, off. Oh, it's just terrible. And, I... the, and the thing is, I think that I can hear the waste management guys down, you know, at their wherever they hang out. They're going, <laughs> we, we jerked Cashman around, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Because I find out you that... You think there is because they just want to screw with you. I think so, because I find out from my neighbors that their pickup day is still the same. It's only me. That has wow. to switch to Friday. Yeah, I, that I, would be concerning. That's why I'm upset, but I, again, I, 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 let's just move on, okay? All right. I guess I'm also a little bit upset because the uh, actual Dear Abby. Did you ever read Dear Abby? Oh, yeah. Uh, Abigail Van Buren. But the, the real-life woman, Pauline Friedman Phillips, just died uh, a week and a half ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh at the age of 94. Wow. Well, she died on January 17th, actually. I didn't know that her name wasn't really Dear Abby. No, Abigail Van Buren was just a pseudonym. And I believe her sister... Um, or Ann Landers. Uh, it was Ann Landers, I think. Although her, it's, her, it's actually her sister had a different name because different, you know, husband, I suppose. But her name was Esther Letterer, and she was an identical twin. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that but is interesting. Dear Abby, probably the more famous column of the two. And uh, Pauline Friedman Phillips uh, actually had uh, been suffering from Alzheimer's disease for 10 years or so. So I think somebody else was writing the advice column. But they uh, they did publish uh, some of her best zingers here, and I just I'd read a few of them to <laughs> yeah. you. Because she always had sometimes very... Very pithy answers to sometimes rather stupid questions. Yes, she did. Here's one. Dear Abby, my boyfriend is going to be 20 years old next month. I'd like to give him something nice for his birthday. What do you think he'd like? Signed, Carol. <laughs> Dear Carol, never mind what he'd like. Give him a tie. <laughs> like that. Dear Abby, our son married a girl when he was in the service. They were married in February, and she had an eight-and-a-half-pound baby girl in August. She said the baby was premature. 
Can an eight and a half pound baby be this premature? Wanting to know. And uh, Abby says, Dear Wanting, the baby was on time. The wedding was late. Forget it. <laughs> That's very funny. Dear Abby, is it possible for a man to be in love with two women at the same time? She says, yes, and it's also hazardous. <laughs> Dear Abby, I've been going with this girl for a year. How can I get her to say yes? Signed, Dawn. She, Abby says, Dear Dawn, what's the question? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Dear Abby, I've been going steady with this man for six years. We see each other every other night. He says he loves me, and I know I love him, but he never mentions marriage. Do you think he's going out with me just for what he can get? Abby says, I don't know. What's he getting? <laughs> and finally, dear Abby, my wife sleeps in the raw. Then she showers, brushes her teeth, and fixes our breakfast. Still, all the while, in the buff. We're newlyweds, and there are just the two of us, so I suppose there's really nothing wrong with it. What do you think? Signed, Ed. Dear Ed, it's okay with me, but tell her to put on an apron when she's frying bacon, okay? Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a lot of fake letters that go into oh, that yeah. column yeah. just got, for I a, entertainment I got purposes. a good punchline, so I'll write yeah. a, put a fake sure. letter. Yeah, of sure. course. But, Brilliant. But it's, a, it's an entertainment anyway, sure. and that's the whole idea. Hey, uh, what's not entertaining, um, because I've talked to you so much, is... Uh, Going to the airport and getting on a plane and all of that, you've given me so many horror stories. I know. That uh, I shudder to think of it, and yet I have to go on a flight uh, next week. All my bags are packed. When was the last time you, you... You flew out I'm to Denver last year, didn't you? The, last, the last time, time? I, The last time I flew out, it was a prop plane. Oh. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> yeah. been a long time. Yeah, Things have changed. Yeah, I think it has been about a year or so since I've flown last. And, yeah. uh, and then this time we're going to the East Coast. Good thing you're not on a Dreamliner. So No, I don't yeah. think it's a Dreamliner. Yeah, that's uh, good. Well, it won't be because they're grounded, at, the, as, at least as we're recording this right, right now. Uh, but um, one thing I am happy to hear about, and you're the one who, who let me know about this, is that they have... Um, I've got my information. Oh, here it is right here. This was just announced as we we're recording this on uh, this day that the TSA, which stands for the Trouble Terrible Sanitation Association, uh, says now that they're, you know what, we're getting rid of those all nude body scanners. Yeah. We're going to pull them. Those are those back scatter advanced uh, x ray machines. These actually were installed in 2010, Chicago O'Hare. And several other airports had them installed. Enormously expensive machines. I imagine, Designed yeah. to obviously see everything. They want to see your nakedness so that you've got whatever you've got, they can see it on you. And I just was very uncomfortable with it. And yeah, it, it's it, it, the company that makes it is called Rapascan. And, uh, and I think the upshot of it is that uh, most major airports in even the TSA said, you know what, These, they don't work. They're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, which is detect... Uh, metal. Metal. Right. And so, uh, so we're just doing it because we're getting our jollies, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that so the, they're they're going to take them out. I don't know when they're... Oh, if they're going to be gone immediately. They're it's going to be, be by June. They said that okay. the, the FAA, or Congress actually, has mandated that those scanners be changed or removed by June. And TSA says, yep, we will have them out of there. Uh, by them, but they're going to keep. There's a similar machine that's the millimeter wave machine yeah. that produces a cartoon-like image of you, which I actually kind of like better. It makes oh. me look cuter. 
Yeah, it makes you. Yeah. And, and it, it reveals just as much uh, in case you're carrying something that you shouldn't. Right. Like uh, you know, a weapon or something like that. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, and it and it just make it's just going to make for a, a funnier, it, smileier airport. It just will make. And seriously though, when I would go through those, all I could think of when you're standing there, all you can think of is somebody is looking at my naked body. I don't, I don't and you don't care. know who it is. That's I don't looking. care if it's for security. All I know is for me, I don't want somebody I don't know looking. I don't even want people I do know looking at my naked it's body. It's an invasion of privacy. So now yeah. going through it, I'm going to be much more relaxed. I can almost guarantee you that incidents will probably go down in the TSA line of people being having this high anxiety and, mm-hmm, and men being mm-hmm. lippy and all that other stuff. It's going to be an actual downright pleasure to go through TSA It sounds like such a no-brainer. I wonder why it took them so long to get to this because decision. it's the government. Yeah, yeah. It's the government. And, uh, you know, and probably lobby lobbyists or wrap a scan or whatever it's called. So you may actually still be going through the naked scanner on your trip coming up? I don't know what it is <laughs> about me. Uh, do I look like a terrorist to you? I mean, really. No. Uh, you look and yet, like a very nice guy. And yet, for many times when I go through the uh, TSA stuff... I'm the guy that they pull aside. They want to pat you down. They want to pat me it's down. They or, want to touch you. Or wand me. Or, well, it's not the stuff you look that like they a do. terrorist. They just want to touch you. Well, maybe I remind them of this cartoon hero. Hercules, hero of song and story. Hercules, winner of ancient glory. Softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs. Oh, yeah. Virtue in his heart. Right. Fire in every part <laughs> of the mighty Hercules. Kind of flattering in a way. I never so thought of it that, that way. Feel? You've never told me about this. How do you feel about well, getting I hate touched? It. I don't like that. And then, cry? And, and then, and then, and not only that, but I'm those guys that, that I have to open my carry-on bag, and yeah, they have to rummage too. through all of that stuff with the bomb powder and check yeah, your hands and, the, and all that. And the, so. the wart cream and all of that stuff. And that be I careful have. too, because there's there's common household items that can actually read as explosive residue on your hands. You know, in addition to the bombs that you usually make, mm-hmm. that you normally make, and yeah. the guns that you pack. Well, believe me, but I'm things not, like I'm... sunscreen. If you there's a certain sunscreen that if you have that on your hands, it'll read as a as a bomb. So you got to be careful of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna pack all of that stuff on the. We're we're gonna put stuff on board. It's not. It can't. I, we're gonna be going long Check enough that luggage. I can't just do yeah. carry on. So yeah. Yeah, so I'll put all well, my... good luck with that. And and I'm just glad to know that the new cartoon scanners are coming out. It's just going to make my life so much easier. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. I know. Uh, but it does bring up the whole idea, as you just alluded there, to public nudity. And I came across an article that is... Uh, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know that it's all entirely that factual, but it is interesting to me and always has been this idea of why public nudity is illegal and uh, it stems from an incident where capitol police officers arrested three protesters uh, a few months ago they were disrobing in the lobby outside of speaker john boehner's office and they were protesting uh, against proposed cuts to aids funding and so they figured this is going to get his attention were they men or, or women? It was men and women, apparently. Um, and so the question is posed, why is public nudity illegal? Because they charge these people with lewd and indecent acts for, for this. Uh-huh. Um, uh, on another note, I was walking downtown, it was probably a year ago or so, and I was 
getting ready to cross the street. This is downtown. And one of those spontaneous bicycle uh, parades of nude people on bicycles came mm-hmm. came by. Lucky and you. Horns honking and all of that. Yeah. And uh, and I think when you go on moss like that, they they police can't arrest all of those people. And I know so, that's that's the mob mentality. They can't catch us all at once. Yeah. And so I don't think anybody did anything more than just smile or you know so what did what conclusion did you come to about why public nudity i only know what i got from this article but i thought that this might be on the right track they quote a late political philosopher named joel feinberg who uh, had a thing he calls the offense principle the offense principle he argued that an act need not be objectively harmful to merit prohibition it needs only to produce an unpleasant mental state sure such as shame or disgust or anxiety in the observer that's exactly it i've made the point before we don't want to see your junk guys junk is not very attractive well again i've i've said wine and candlelight are needed for viewing yeah yeah no and, i i've often thought that myself and then when uh, you get thought, to women you know if if breasts are displayed then it's not that it's it's awful to look at. It's just that m- men's minds will go fuzzy. And then that's when wrecks happen. You mean the old nursing instinct will kick in? <laughs> People will lose fingers. You know what I mean? So oh, I it's know. just dangerous. I know. I know. That's kind of what he's saying. He says there are a lot of obnoxious but legal behaviors like chewing, you know, with your mouth open or, or not bathing for <laughs> several days and that sort of stuff. And that can create the same reaction, yeah. shame and disgust and right. anxiety. but. I, but Feinberg claimed that nudity has this unique ability to yeah. demand our attention. It's very interesting. It is. And, and I guess if you confine it to places like a nude beach, then first of all, everybody, there's nothing, you can't really get into trouble there. You know what I'm saying? There's no accidents can happen. It's a beach. I don't think so, yeah. It's a beach. So, and plus, it's confined in one area, so you're not, you're not, have you ever been to a nude beach? Well, here's what happened. We went to Hawaii one year and we heard tale that there was a nude beach uh, not far. So we drove down to a regular beach, uh-huh. a public beach, and then they said, uh, said, yes, you go down there and you'll see the nude beach. You go over that little hill and then the, the nude beach. Yes. So we go walking down and me and this other guy, our wives are ashamed and so they're staying behind <laughs> and said, you, you galoots, go ahead if you want. So they're, be- okay. they're, they're walking in our direction but they've dropped way back behind us. So we go walking along, and we're, you know, just getting really thinking, this is going to be very interesting to see. I've never seen a new, new nude beach before. And we walk past this vo- volleyball. <laughs> see how excited you are. This volleyball game going on, and, and we said, and we just oh, keep going. No. We keep going, and then we come over the, the, the little rise, like they said, and oh, we, okay. we, we look, and there's nobody here. There's no nude beach here. Uh, what a letdown. We go walking back to our wives, and. He said, ah, it was a dud. There was nothing. Nobody's nude over there. And then our, our wife said, uh, did you guys, you guys walked right past that volleyball game. <laughs> I said, yeah, what about it? You didn't notice that everybody was nude playing volleyball? Going, oh, nuts. How did we miss it? We were so focused on where we were going, we didn't even look at that oh. game. So that's as close as we got. Boogie there, boogie there. There you go. Boogie there, boogie there. Are you going to ask me if I've ever been to a nudie beach? Yeah, have you ever been? Have you ever been? I call them nudie beaches. I have. Been to a nudie beach? I have. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't get new. I took my shirt, my top off. That's it. I wasn't going to take the bottom. Was this European European place or tropical? I'd rather not say because I might go back. <laughs> it wasn't Anchorage, was it? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it was in. Uh, it was in actually uh, a cruise I took over. Gosh. Nude cruise. Uh, it was a barefoot windjammer cruise that I took. Um, I don't even know what island it was now. It was when I was thir- in my 30s. And uh, so this French island that we were on. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh-huh. that explains yes. it. So, yeah, in the yeah, spirit, they're... I took off my bathing suit top, and it was and in, it was weird. In France and places like that, it is no big deal. I know. We're, but it's we're more... almost uniquely yes. uh, sheltered uh, about that I sort know. of thing. In this country. Yeah, I know. This article goes on to say that most states completely prohibit the public display of genitalia, but the exceptions demonstrate the theory of, of, of philosopher Feinberg that I just said. Oregon prohibits only nudity, quote, with the intent of arousing the sexual desire of the person or another person. Well, most people other, who are nude down there, that's not going to be an issue. In other words, public nudity is okay as long as the nakedness is not designed to make others think of sex. It probably won't for the most of the people that do that. Hey, can I ask you a question? Is mm-hmm. genitalia, does that include your tatas? Uh, it's a good question. Or is it just your your baby makers, not that, your money makers? That's a, that's a good question. I, hmm, I don't know. Should I look it up? Because men can go topless all the time. There's on, no I'm gonna go look it up. There's no law against you right. taking your shirt off. Yeah, and that's not fair. But there, even as a man. Ah, no, I'll bet you'd want to fight that. No, I think it's just not but right. but for for a woman, if I just wanted to whip off my top and show my tatas, yeah. I would get arrested for public indecency, right? Yeah, or that lewdness. Make sense. It really doesn't matter. I'm not sense. sure if there's a difference between public indecency who, or lewdness. But who, let me I can look who that made up. That, who made that rule anyway? I don't know. Seriously, that that makes no sense. So I think so you're just going to go e- to the either women can and... can take their tops off or men have to keep their tops off. Let's face There's it. There's a lot of men. The fact that of the matter is, some on. men have bigger breasts than women. I mean that. So what what is that about? I know. No you're sense. you're right. I guess because they have hair on them. That that. So is that, I don't know. Is that the rule? They're sort you, of covered. You can you you can. If they ha- have fur on them, they're technically covered. Oh, is that? I never saw. I, don't I never know. read the actual I rule. Don't know. That, that'd be and every Sunday afternoon, you can go and see a Harry at the zoo, and the girls scream, and he'll sit on his swing and pick and sing his hit record for you. This is historic for peculiar podcast. Two Ray Stevens songs in a row. Okay, genital. Genitalia is the re- the reproductive yeah. organs. Okay. So it, it's not your tata. So then ba- <laughs> back to then that article, yeah. it's saying strictly, it's really kept referencing genitalia. Right. So I could put my money makers out. I think so. I think so. I- except that your money makers would, as it is quoted here, arouse the sexual desire of the person or another person. Oh, I know. In the same way that genitalia would. So I know. Okay, got I it. I guess they would probably be considered off-limits, too. But what about fetish too. people? Like, what if I have, like, sandals? I love. I knew one guy that was like, I love it when spring comes because then all the women wear sandals because he had a foot fetish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that aroused him. So, you know, you could make the argument that, well, I guess because of those... Those people that get aroused by, you know, toes and foot cleavage. You know what foot cleavage is? Mm, well, so that's that the little... stuff be- where the jam resides, <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. But there's some shoes designed just to show that little foot cleavage, little toe cleavage off. Mm-hmm. Drive some men insane. 
Well, you know, I was trying to find a song about feet, and uh, I came across this one. This was a group we used to play on the radio once in a while. Uh, the Wiggins Sisters, they called themselves the Shags, teenage girls, Dorothy, Betty, and Helen, who had a different kind of way of approaching music. And this was one of their songs from the uh, compilation, My Pal, Foot Foot. No matter how many times I listen to the Shags and my pal Foot Foot, it's like I'm hearing it for the second time. Something for everybody on this planet, I guess. In 1877, the Indiana Supreme Court said that the first exercise of mechanical ingenuity was the manufacture of fig leaf aprons by Adam and Eve, (laughs) by which to conceal from the public gaze of each other their now but not then called privates. Uh Uh-huh. And then public nudity was illegal under English common law and so on and so forth. Uh, Justice Scalia, he's one of the uh, Supreme Court justices, Anton Scalia, believes that some acts are just simply immoral. And he lumps public nudity in with sadomasochism, cockfighting, bestiality, suicide, drug use, prostitution, and sodomy. Wow, that's sort of skipping a few steps, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. But, but you know, the body, the naked body is supposed to be beautiful, and many great works of art have been done. Sure. And I always thought that, don't they find that scandalous back in the 16th century when all these naked pictures of women were being painted? Well, and... you know, there there have been pub- there's been public art on in displayed, uh, like, I think at their yes. state capital where somebody said, hey, we got to cover yeah, that up, Yeah, there's nipples showing. Yeah. We can't have that. It's all just very goofy. It's, when you it get, is kind of silly. It's, it's, it's like the goofiness about saying certain words and things I and suppose. the law and the laws are probably developed and passed by men who do, who have no self-control anyway so. <laughs> you're right so well, you know that is the that is the point they say that the supreme court justices for example are middle-aged or elderly men who yeah. are snooty about exactly. about pop culture and yeah. stuff like, yeah uh which leads me to this story uh, out of everett i love these stories and this actually is at the top of the local news page in the in the Herald, because it's so hugely important. Okay. Under the headline, Nude Cyclist Peddling Off to Prison. <laughs> a Linwood man who once tried to outpedal police <laughs> while wearing nothing more than a bicycle helmet is off to prison. Now, well, it's, it's great that he, he thinks safety, even Safety's though he's... Safety's number one. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, but I mean, you slip off the pedals and... That's true. So your head is okay, but you've sheared off your Johnson. Yes, you have. I always thought men should ride women's bicycles and vice versa. I agree. Uh, This judge sentenced this guy to two years behind bars. He's 50 years old. Where was he peddling? Where was he... um, Well, well, he did a couple of things. And you say, well, why did he put him two years behind bars for peddling naked? But that wasn't what he did. Oh. He... uh, pleaded guilty last month to felony burglary and robbery in connection with a crime spree, including a frightening home invasion in Edmonds. So there were various events that led to his arrest, but ultimately uh, police spotted him um, and arrested him 
but he had stolen his ex-wife's car and they couldn't find the car. Ooh, was he sitting on her seat naked? <laughs> no, no, not, not yet. Not yet. I do, I do want to talk about that whole... Then he posted bond and he was released from jail. And then shortly after, an Edmonds police officer spotted that stolen Mustang that he had, had ripped off racing through a neighborhood. And so then this guy jumps out of the car and he scrambles down an embankment through the brush and he had loose shorts on, so those came off as he was running, running away, leaving him at that point wearing only a T-shirt. And then within minutes, the guy was spotted pedaling a bicycle naked except for the bicycle helmet. Oh, uh, that seat must be... Yeah. There was a there was a, a Sex in the City uh, episode where Charlotte is married to a man who she discovers. Oh, decides, I know, I love that episode. Decides to walk around. He just likes to be in the buff. And I actually um, dated somebody who really was more about just being naked. And the funny part of the episode is she would cringe every time he sat on her white couch. And is it like a naugahyde thing? Well, just because he's got nothing on his cheeks and she was she would just cringe and she'd say honey can you put a newspaper down or something and and i'm kind of the same way i don't i didn't want his butt cheeks on my furniture i or, wanted him just put on some some underpants or something or like like you you know if it's those plastic seats you know like you haven't in, in restaurants sometimes uh you try to get up from that if you didn't have any pants on that would hurt. You could leave half your skin and on the seat. And, and not to be too indelicate, but you know, what if you have gas? You can you can mask it and hide it when you've got layers of pants and what? underpants, and you can sort of muffle it. But you're right. If you have nothing, no barrier there, there's nothing. There's 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 no stopping it. Oh, I know. I know. Especially if you're on a plastic chair. You think that's the best reason of all no. to wear them? No, but it just made me think of it when you said. You know, I I've I've been in a restaurant before where I've kind of shifted my weight on the yeah. seat. And it, yeah, it makes a little think, toot sound. Uh oh, it sounds like a toot. So I better keep doing it so people know. Oh, he's. It's just his seat. Oh, okay. That's all it is. Well, but you want everybody to know for sure yeah, that that, that right. was just the seat. Get it. I got it. coming from you. Yeah. Oh, oh I love, uh, love those goofy stories of people in the buff doing stuff. Going yeah. command, go commando. Never gets old. Uh, we, uh, when we were on the radio some time ago, uh, filling in on Cairo uh, FM, yeah, over the holidays. Which, by the way, uh, you can go to Cairo Radio and you can find our, our podcast in there. you got to do a little searching around, but it's there. Yeah, if you go to their online content uh, link, it's uh, listed on there, so you can download there. But you can also download us uh, just by going to PeculiarPodcast.com. And uh, you can comment, too, on Facebook. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash PeculiarPodcast. Well, we were kind of thrown into the crucible of one of the worst news stories uh in memory and it was in the wake of the uh, newtown pennsylvania school shootings the 20 you know the story yeah, it by happened now. on december 14th uh and so we were on uh that we happened on, on a friday and then we're on our first day on the air is on monday yeah and so uh we were kind of uh just kind of flying solo there not for sure how we wanted to approach it knew that uh, our customary uh, goofiness that we sometimes do would be wholly inappropriate. And, and uh, quite we, frankly, we weren't in the mood for it either. Well, who was? Yeah. So we really got deeply into that story and the 
the tangential elements of it, gun control and mental health and all the rest. And then you came across something that I found uh, incredible that it could possibly just, it's like something out of sci-fi. I was consumed by the whole gun controversy throughout that whole week. So I just did, I just spent way too much time on the internet looking up gun controversy and bans and gun bans and all these things. And I had my own opinions, which weren't very popular on the Dory Monson show about how to, we should be banning guns and, and these are the regulations and all these things. And then I came across an article where I, I realized, you know what, Pat? Doesn't matter if we ban guns. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you regulate it. Doesn't matter if you uh, try to to control it at all. Because the reality is, people can now print. They can print a gun. Print. A 3D printer is now available to do that. I was shocked when I saw it. And it's it. not just a picture of a gun. This is a working weapon yeah. you can make yourself. So I brought the article into you because I thought, you, you've got to see this. You're not, you're not going to believe this. And it still is really amazing. I just found that The Week, one of our favorite magazines, The Week, uh, you can check them out at theweek.com, they just now in their latest edition just printed this article about 3D printing. And I'm still amazed at what it can do. The way it works, and I explain this to you, is that this is what's called an additive method of, of manufacturing rather than a subtractive method of manufacturing. Subtractive method would be obviously something Like if you had a block of stone and you started to make a, a sculpture out of it or something. Sure. You're, if you're taking things away. You're building a chicken coop. You use wood and you would take subtra- subtract it to create this mm-hmm. um, with leftover materials. Additive is, is about this uh, machine that actually takes a 3D program and builds this layer by layer by layer depending on what you fed into the computer. You can use composite materials, plastic, some of them use powder, some of them use metal. Um, did you know that Jay Leno has one of these in his home to make car parts for his oh. very rare automobiles that he cannot find He's car got a parts huge for? huge car collection, yeah. Now, he has one of the more expensive devices, a $30,000 3D printer, but the prices have come down so low that now you can get these for your home for $1,000 uh, to about 500 could you with a with one of the cheapest ones? Could that you could still build a gun? Yes, you could. Cheap one. Uh, you could. Wow. Um, there wow, was wow, a wow. Um, actually a University of Texas law student announced that they had successfully built a gun. Uh, they created downloadable blueprints that anybody could use to print a fully functioning firearm. They actually managed to build a firearm made out of plastic. Uh, and some other composites, and they were able to successfully fire six shots from this AR-15 rifle that was built with several printed plastic parts from a 3D printer before mm. it disintegrated. So and this that's, is not and paper. You know what? This is not nope. paper gun. No, it's yeah. it's it's okay. a, some and some of these 3D printers use lasers to create them. It's fascinating technology, but what nobody really realized was wow people can start building whatever they want it's really going to turn technology and manufacturing on its head as these things get more and more popular and more affordable but you know what when i saw this story about people printing guns i said that's it all bets are off it doesn't matter what you do so i just i have no opinion on it anymore there's not there's not a damn thing we can do now we cannot keep guns out of the hands of people that shouldn't have them. Crazy or not, not crazy or not, registered or not, licensed or not, I'll bet it's it's over. It's over. See you later. Don't you think? I mean, I know well, I'm I'm being a little. Well, I mean, I mean, if you could, uh, 
if you were a person that felt uh, strongly about gun control, you could, uh, in addition to putting these uh, uh, certain assault weapons on the list, you could put these 3D printers on the list of things that ought to be banned, too, I suppose. No, I don't think you could, though. How else are you going to head it off? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there are some um, um, 3D... um, what do they call them not blueprints but they're they're diagrams that are schematic yeah and they are websites that you can download these types of of schematics for like if you just want to build a you know whatever it is you can you don't have to create the blueprint yourself they actually a lot of them took off their gun parts uh, schematics and blueprints off of their websites oh, okay. well, you, that... in the wake of the Newtown tragedy because they just didn't want people to because everybody is so upset about guns being banned and I mean you know gun sales went up like yeah. percentage wise incredibly high yep. the, the only other time they went up that high was after Obama was first um, inaugurated his first term it, gun sales went up and then after the Newtown tragedy and the talk of the government banning guns they rose even higher than that I wish people would stop freaking out. We're not going to take your guns away, okay? No, that's not part of the discussion. We're not going to take your guns away. We've got a Second away. Amendment. Don't, don't worry. Uh, it, it's just it's it's very dismaying, and 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 I don't know the answer, obviously, but that people don't want to talk about any aspect of it or point to the wrong thing as as the reason. Now we know the gun buyback programs don't work. Isn't that isn't that yeah. a little ridiculous? Yeah, Don't it is ridiculous. Think? I just sort of smirk and laugh when I yeah. read every one of those articles. Yeah, I'm a criminal here. I want to sell my gun back I know. to you. Yeah, they're not the people that are going to use it. But have I don't you know. seen this argument in uh, in social media where, I, and I've seen this argument more than once, that Obama is a hypocrite because he is against posting armed guards in schools yet his daughters have armed guards protecting them and the other thing they say is he's a hypocrite because he has armed guards protecting him as well yeah well that, you know what he's, he's the president way of the United States. more vulnerable than any of those kids yeah. in newtown his children are way more vulnerable of course that's a non-starter but it, argument but, but it just shows you how desperate that's what i'm saying to, to why Obama would you make something? that kind of argument when the, yeah his kids are targeted probably more we probably don't even hear about the number of death threats that his children get his wife gets and that he gets on a daily basis you know there are people calculating exactly absolutely. that absolutely uh, and then what you're referring to was an nra ad yes and, and the very idea that you bring children into this gun debate uh, in such a, a callous uh, way it's just a it yeah. makes me want to throw up so he to me in my mind is not a hypocrite it is that is a situation that demands protection that is when guns and that is the only place where guns need when, when you are that vulnerable those newtown kids weren't vulnerable they weren't right it was an accident that happened because this guy got guns in a way that he shouldn't have gotten yeah um on a related note uh, you might have seen the article in the paper the other day that there are groups of people, there are individuals at least, that are still not over Obama being president, <laughs> and they and they are really well, upset sure. now that he's yeah. going to be inaugurated again. I did, see and that. and they uh, they they still believe that he's wasn't born here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still believe that he is Muslim. Uh, I think uh, I don't know. They think he's a socialist. All of these things, right? And just and despite any evidence to the contrary, it, they just have the, they go straight down the same road. Uh, what do you do? I guess that's true about every everything. So many people don't believe the moon landing was real and all of that, but 
Boy, it really just makes you want to roll your eyes sometimes. What do you do with that when people are presented with facts and they there is this what I call the I don't accept mentality where you can actually say, here it is right here, here it is. And they just, they'll look at it and see it and they'll just say, I don't accept. It's 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 very odd. And I, I use that because I had a neighbor that I had had a problem with years ago that I, it was over a property line and I showed her the, the outline of it and she just shrugged her shoulders and she said, I don't accept. And, yeah. and I'm like, how can you not accept? It's right here. Yeah, here are the facts. I know how it goes. There's no key that will open a closed mind, in my opinion. Uh, can, can I have? I have one more story about oh, that. Oh, sure. Just one more story yeah. about and, that. And, but do, do you remember the? Um, speaking of 3D printers, do you remember the song by the Mills Brothers? I'm gonna buy a paper doll that I can call my own. A doll that other fellows cannot steal. And then the flirty, flirty guy. This was a big hit for this uh, group of real brothers called the Mills Brothers. We'll have to flirt and it was in 1942 that it was a hit. But when you listen to the lyrics now, it seems kind of kinky. When I come home at night, she will be waiting. She'll be the truest doll in all this world. And then there's the problem with paper cuts. I'd rather have a paper doll to call my Okay, suit yourself. Then have a fickle-minded reason. Yeah, well, that that's what I would kind of like to use a printer for. But if I had a 3D printer, I could make one of those rubber party dolls, which would be even cooler. <laughs> yeah, you'll need a big printer for that. Yeah, what were you going to say? All right, so on this subject of people who do not look at the facts when they're presented and they still just assume things, which is is really annoying. And uh, we have a friend in common, Dave, who um, had made a comment about, um, a political comment about don't drink the Kool-Aid in reference to somebody who was going to vote for a particular party, right? Okay. He had a friend who said, Whoa, whoa, are you kidding? You just said don't drink the Kool-Aid? That is so racist. I cannot believe you said that. And he said, wait, wait, what, what are you talking about? Say don't drink the Kool-Aid isn't racist. That's about Jonestown. Don't, don't fall in line with everybody else. That's what happened at Jonestown, and, remember? And it's a dumb idea. Yeah. Exactly. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. It's racist because, you know, black people like Kool-Aid. And that's why you said that. And he, he again said, well, are, are you nuts? This has nothing to do with race or Obama or blackness or Kool-Aid. Right. It's it's a term. So he did what I just said. He laid out the facts. He showed her the story about Jonestown and about how all those followers drank the Kool-Aid because they believed that what he was saying was true and they all died. It, that is just a warning. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And she still, to this day, maintains that Dave was being racist in his comment. That's what I mean about these, I don't accept people. And I said, well, what did you do with her? He goes, you know, eventually it was like, I just, you know, we our friendship stopped because she wouldn't even, I mean, if you were to point out something to me that I was had a misconception about, I'd go, oh God, I feel like an idiot. I had no idea that's where that came from. Yeah, But she just maintained it after the facts were shown to her. I know, I know. Well, the truth is the truth until it becomes inconvenient and then it's not the truth. And you can't, that's a good you can't point. convince anybody. That's a good anything. point, yeah. All right, uh, yeah, but you're 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 so right about that. Um, I got a flu shot, and I I don't usually get those uh, most years because I don't tend to you think I think ah, I'm not going to get the flu, uh, but this year they said the flu is 
extremely nasty, this particular strain of flu. Everybody and, I've met that's had it said, you just, you don't want to get this Yeah, one. yeah, I know. I've known some people too. And so, uh, I, whereas the flu shot for this particular strain is supposed to be extremely efficacious. What does that mean? I, I just thought it would make me sound smarter than if you I just said effective. You always sound smart. Effective. <clears throat> In other words, it was really at a high percentage of working for most people. Well, because isn't the statistic something like around 60% that it'll work, but this one actually is... This was like in the 80s, wow. this one. Yeah, 87% or something like that. Uh, but... This flu has just gone out of control now, and uh, it's it's diminishing now in the southeast, but now it's picking up steam in the west mm -hmm. right now around where we live. Right. Uh, so um, I noticed my, I went to, um, into Bellevue the other day, went to a shopping mall there and stuff like that, and, and I noticed that I was consciously not touching any of the doors i know i've been doing and, that too and hitting my using my yes, sleeve and stuff i've been like doing that too and washing my hands like a nut because I, when you become conscious of it you realize oh my goodness germs can be spread just so easily in was, ways that we don't even think about there was a i was in a store the other day and there was this woman coughing in front of me and i was walking that's the one you want to watch out for not, but i was not the finger prints, right. but the airborne stuff but yeah. i but she had her mouth covered but i still didn't want to breathe her air so i just turned and went the opposite direction to go shop for something else which i thought oh geez really no but that's probably smart i don't know yeah, i guess I, yeah but i didn't get a flu shot i know there's a lot of controversy out there about getting them or not getting them i know that they're really cracking down on health um, health workers on getting them. They are mandatory. Uh, I have a friend who works in the medical field. He's right. not even a doctor or a nurse, but he had to. It was mandatory because he works at Virginia Mason. Hospital protocol. Yeah. But I'm, I'm the kind of person that thinks I'm just going to get the flu if I get a flu shot because that's what they're sticking in you, right? They're sticking the flu bugs in you. Well, yeah, but not enough to... Uh, it, it, the idea is to make you... to inoculate you against getting the flu. So that the whole point is to give you get a little bit in there and then your yeah. body fights it and then it it's good to go. And some people say, I actually felt sick after I got my flu shot yeah. and then they use that as their excuse for the rest of their life. <laughs> But I, I believe me, having this flu is worse than the flu shot. Okay, it's easy. Well, They're only like 20 bucks. I'm taking my chances. I'm not getting the flu shot. Well, all right. I feel sorry for you. But they say it doesn't work equal, equally well on everybody. I've no, never had a flu shot, and I can't even think. I think the last time I had the flu was 10 years ago. I don't know. 29 children have died as a result of the flu since the flu season started. Wow. There's no national reporting system for adult flu-related deaths, but uh, the Center for Disease Control said that 8.3% of deaths reported in its 122 cities mortality reporting system were due to pneumonia and in influenza. So that's that's kind of high. And the rate for of hospitalization for people 65 and older really went up in the past week. Uh, 82 per wow. 100,000 people, which is Well, I know high. it's very dangerous for old people. So when I get old... Oh, well, maybe then maybe that's why I got the flu shot. I'll go. Get, <laughs> I'll go get my flu shot when I. Yeah. When, I, I, when I, are you old? By the way, I'm not old right now. Yeah. When are it, you? Well, when is a guy old? Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Although back, don't you remember back when you were young and somebody in their 40s, in 50s, were really old? In fact, I was watching some TV, some old episodes of The Brady Bunch, and you know Alice was like 38? Probably, yeah. In that, and she looks like she's 60! 
Well, you know, Granny on the Beverly Hillbillies, that's really going back there. That She was, she not was probably an old like woman. 50 or 60. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. Oh, no, yeah, she wasn't even, my age, even that old. They I just made her up to look I know, old. She I know. funny and all of that. Yeah, but that's a, an interesting question to me. Uh, I always bristled at, uh, when I was like 35. They said, well, now that you're middle age, what are you I gonna-? know. I said, what? That's not middle age. Exactly. And, but, but, well, how long are you going to wi- live? You know, Times have changed, it, though. We're living longer. You're halfway to 70, right? That's We're middle. living longer, and I think also because of all the things that we are conscious about now, we look younger than people who did back when we were kids. People who were our age didn't look like us. Not that we look that great. You look great. But. Well, but when you watch old movies, for example, or actors, and you say, boy, that guy looks old, and then you find Realize out... he was 35 yeah, yeah, doing the yeah, film. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Or people, or on the other hand, the people that are supposed to be playing extremely superannuated old codgers, uh, you, you read, oh, he's at, he was actually 57 years mm-hmm. old right there. Exactly. Yeah, so. I know. It's nuts. People do look different. You're right. You, we do, I, I think they do, anyway. Well, for one thing, we're in color now, and they were in black That's and white true. back in those days. Well, no, yeah, the Brady Bunch was in color. Oh, yeah. Here's the story of a lovely lady. Was that one of your favorite shows? It was. I hate to even admit that. Well, it was a lot of people's it favorite It was one, show. and I've been watching the reruns just because I'm poking around on Hallmark Channel. They have a little block of them every day, so they're, I'm not watching them. It's just the TV in the kitchen's on. Mm-hmm. Those are the stupidest. It was the stupidest show ever. Well, I didn't watch it much. I was. Those kids needed to be spanked. And I was usually watching Masterpiece Theater when I was. Okay, as we wrap up here, this is just a fun bunch of stuff, and uh, I'm gonna thank you for finding these, but. We all quote, people always use quotes every day. I'd say the average person says, well, you know, as uh, famous <laughs> Supreme Court Justice said, uh, I don't know the definition of pornography, but I know it when I see it. And yeah, we, we, we quote these things all the time. Mm-hmm. Turns out, this is probably not a surprise, that a lot of the most famous quotes of all are wrong. Or misquoted, yeah. I yeah. thought this was interesting, and I I know how you like words and, and language, and so I pulled this out for you. I haven't read through the whole thing. I just said, here, do you like this? One of my favorite shows on, speaking of PBS, was Cosmos, that Carl Sagan oh. hosted. It was, just, it was so interesting. It was so riveting. It's still probably well worth watching, sure. although... He probably characterized Pluto as a planet back then, and now, now, now we don't believe it's a planet anymore. We know now, of course, that it is a Disney character, and uh, Sagan taught at, I want to think, I think it was Cornell University, and Bill Nye the Science Guy was a, a student there. Are so, you kidding? So he, uh, he oh actually my gosh. sat in the classroom where they wow, Carl Sagan was teaching. Wow, what an experience that would be. Well, that would certainly make you interested in science, wouldn't it? I bet it would. It turned out for Bill. Yeah. But he's all, Sagan is always quoted as using the expression, billions and billions. There are billions and billions of stars in the sky. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I, and I swear, if you put me my hand on a Bible, I'd say, well, no, yes, I swear I heard that. I know I heard him say that. But he, he said there are maybe 100 billion galaxies and 10 billion trillion stars. But he said, I never said billions and billions. For one thing, it was too imprecise right, for me. Right, yeah. right. And he also said, maybe. Yeah. This is what we think. So it may so. have come from somebody impersonating him, and then right. that, that's often how these quotes exactly. get changed. Exactly. 
Uh, Paul Revere's very famous ride was, he supposedly shouted, the British are coming, the British are coming. And I learned this in school. Didn't you learn this in school? You know, it's in the Longfellow song. I, know, I'm a little a upset poem. that we were taught this. Yeah, but it, it turns out that uh, it was it's really from the poem. And the thought is that most of the people in the colonies still considered themselves British. So he was if he was going to run around yelling, the British are coming, they'd come out and beat him up. So... <laughs> So, That's right. Or just That's ignored right. him. Well, we're already here. What are you talking about? Uh, and there were oh, uh, actually a number of other people, at least two others, that also went out and spread the word, not just Paul Revere, although that's mostly what he's famous for. Let them eat cake. This has uh, been attributed to Marie Antoinette for centuries. And I never understood what it meant, I, even why she would say it. I thought it was always a good thing, like she was being nice. No, but she, she didn't say it after all. She was being snotty. Uh, ah. Well, I mean, in that context, she was being snotty. Well, we've got so many poor people. Uh, we've got so many poor people who are suffering. She said, let them eat cake. Uh-huh. You know, it's, got it, it. It's like, yeah, wait, wait, you're real Well, sense. I think back in the old days, cake was not a confection like we had it. It was actually a very meager meal. I think they were like, we don't have any beef and bread and eggs. And she's like, here, have this crappy cake. They say... That Jean-Jacques Rousseau, in his autobiography called Confessions, said, I recalled the makeshift of a great princess who was told that the peasants had no bread, and she replied, let them eat brioche. Uh, But he wasn't talking about Marie Antoinette. He was talking about somebody else. And then they twisted the quote to attribute it to her. Okay. Unfairly. She apparently was no... Uh, She's not a very nice person. Not a nice person anyway, but th- that they were piling on there with that one. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then in the movie, Apollo 13, you hear, I think it's Tom Tom um, uh, Hanks say, Houston, we have a problem. Right. But it wasn't quite like that. When things went bad for Apollo 13... In real life. The astronaut Fred Hayes in real life started with, Okay, Houston. And then he was interrupted by Jim Lovell, which is uh, Tom Hanks's character, who said... I believe we had a, have had a problem here. I believe we have had a problem. We've okay. had a problem here, Got followed it. by Houston. We've had a problem. We've had a main B bus undervolt. Okay. Well, it's that's sort of semantics. I mean, Houston, we've had a problem, as opposed to Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, but the, the, the it's not a huge. The latter one works better for the movie, anyway. I so suppose. can't we just agree with that? Exactly. And by the way, can't we all just get along? The late, uh, the late Rodney, Rodney King's, King's famous yeah. quote. That's right. Uh, but what he actually said was, quote, people, I just want to say, you know, can we all get along? So it wasn't exactly that way. Yeah, I suppose. And then this one, of course, is an old chestnut. George Washington, I cannot tell a lie. It was I who chopped down the cherry tree. Yeah, I remember hearing this wasn't real. Where did this come from? He had a uh, biographer named Parson Weems. And... Uh, and not only did he not say that, but the cherry tree thing never happened either. Did he just make it up? He made he just made it up. Oh it was like my inventing, a, telling a legend about George Washington and oh brother. In fact, I think the wooden teeth thing was a, that was just makes me mad. Me too. Yeah. Do you think less of George Washington? I don't know. It's like every you know Weems. President's Day is coming up, and you know cherry pies are usually on sale. And Ooh, I, I know. I love it. And now I'm just going to be mad when I eat my cherry pie on President's Day. Pride comes before a fall. Yes, I've heard that. Who was supposed to be? Is that? If you're quoting the Beatles, then that is correct. What have I done to deserve such a fate? I realize I have left it too late. And so it's true. 
But if you're quoting the Bible, the saying is actually, pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Well, that's too hard to say. It's quite proper. Well, it's too hard to say, so let's just shorten it to yeah, the original one. I'm with you. According to Winston Churchill, the quote, The only traditions of the Royal Navy are rum, sodomy, and the lash, was actually never said by him, but by his assistant. Uh, and another famous quote by Churchill is that some woman came up to him one time and said, Mr. Churchill, you're drunk. And he said, yes, I'm drunk, and you're ugly, but tomorrow I shall be sober. Something like that. Very nice. And then uh, Mark Twain finally said, uh, well, I don't know, there's so many misquotes. Yeah, but no. but uh, Let's just leave it out of the wrong yeah. note. But Let's this, leave it this, on the drunk note. How about leaving it this way, because this is kind of the way we started on one of our podcasts, at least. I can't remember if it was this one or not. There are lies, there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Uh, Twain did quote that in his autobiography, but it was actually attributed to Benjamin Disraeli. So he didn't actually start, say that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so let's just get one more. Oh, this is closed with this one. Okay. I visited the Harry Truman Museum at Presidential Library. Oh, nice. Uh, last I, year. I know you like that stuff. Oh, man, it was great. It's absolutely great. The way they put it together was that happened during Truman's administration, including the decision to drop the A-bomb mm. on Hiroshima and then later Nagasaki. And rather than have a whitewash thing where Truman believed that he would save a number of American lives if we actually had to put troops on the ground in Japan, we would have lost many, many more troops and blah, blah, blah. So there, there's that argument. But then they also present the other side as well. In, in So there's a real balance in this museum. You find out not only the decisions he made and the reasons he made them, but also the opposition's point of view. It makes it, makes it a very interesting experience. But they, they uh, Harry Truman may have popularized the saying, the buck stops here. And in fact, they show his desk. And, oh, that's and right. That's on it. Yeah. But he did not invent the saying. The sign that so famously resided on Truman's desk was actually a gift from Fred Canfill, a friend who saw the sign on the desk of a prison warden in Oklahoma. Oh. And he requested one for the president. It was mailed to him in 1945. And then the reverse side of it is a kind of a fun fact. The reverse side of the sign says, I'm from Missouri. Well... I will never make that mistake again. What? Th- that I'm going to tribute I s- the buck stops here to him. Yeah. Good. I have to remember that other guy's name now. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Fred Canfield. <laughs> As Fred Canfield says. Yeah, Fred can fill, but I can't. We're out of time. So long,
Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. 